Welcome to Grace Capital Church Podcast, broadcasting from our Pembroke campus. Well, good morning. Uh, if you have your Bibles, I, uh, I'm going to tell you where we're going to be looking. So um, you can get there uh, eventually. So if it takes some time. Hey, everybody who brought your Bible, just raise it up for a moment. Raise your, look at you guys. This is amazing. I love it. And I love that people are raising their phone and their tablets because it's their Bible as well. So thank you so much. Um, well, I just want to say we're going to be in Judges chapter 6, still looking at Gideon's life. Um, if you are taking notes, the title of the message today is A Desire to Live Differently. Desire is in parentheses, A Desire to Live Differently. And we're going to be talking about desires and where the desires come from in our life. And really, depending on what desire we have is depending where our life will end up. So that's where we're going to be going. But for Christmas, um, I received um, from my brother-in-law one of those little Amazon, what are they called, dots or something? Is that what those are? Little, so, and what's her name? Lexa. So Lexa. So, so we talk to Lexa these days in my house, and, and so the, the one that my youngest likes to do is, Lexa, tell me a funny joke. Lexa, tell me a funny joke. So I'm going to just share with you a couple Lexa jokes, if that's okay, and... Um, they're not my jokes, and they're Lexa jokes, so when they're really bad, you just say, Lexa, your jokes are bad. So here we go. What do you call a singing computer? Adele. Okay, see, there we go. Oh, ha, ha, ha. funny, funny, funny. Not really. Okay, I got one. What is the fastest liquid on earth? Okay, I'll tell you. It's milk. It's pasteurized before you see it. Past your eyes before you see it. That's bad. Alexa, she just tells bad jokes, but I thought you would appreciate some bad jokes from Alexa this morning, so that's it for the bad jokes. Now let's get really serious and actually I'll pray. Is that okay? (laughs) Father, we thank you for this morning, what you've already been doing in each of our lives. We thank you that you have brought us to this place this morning where we can come and enjoy each other's company, that we can laugh together, cry together, come before you and ask for healing and experience your spirit and your freedom and your love. God, you're really doing a special thing at Grace Capital Church these days, and I I just want to say thank you. Father, we acknowledge that this is your church. Jesus, you're the head of the church. We're here because of you. Father, I pray that the words that are spoken this morning are uh, words from heaven for this congregation. Father, that it would continue to pierce the, the crevices of our heart, that it might bring life and fullness of joy into our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, last week... Um, If you were here, and hopefully you were here, because we're really, this year, we're trying to encourage you that we want you in the row, in the circle, in the seat every week, in the row is this, in the circle is your life group, in the seat is your devotional life. If you've been doing our 21 days of prayer and fasting, I am sending uh, you notices on the GCC Pembroke Facebook page. If you are a Facebook user and you are not signed up yet for our group, go to GCC Pembroke. Grace Capital Church Pembroke and find us and sign up for that group. And I do a lot of communication to our locations through those pages. 
And so uh, that's your devotional time, your seat time. Well, last week we really um, talked about um, Gideon and how Gideon, even though he was promised all this land of abundance in the promised land, we find him in a wine press hiding from the Midianites who have been trampling all over their crops and he's threshing wheat in a wine press, which you don't thresh wheat in wine presses. You press wine, uh, grapes in wine presses. And, um, and really what we said in this message, and hopefully you started living this out last week was, or this past week, was it's not just you, it's God with you. And we're realizing the problem with just self-help and self-discipline, it relies just on self. And we really need God's help. It's, we need God's strength and his empowerment in our life. And we then said this, is, is step away from the wine press and press into God. Step away from those places of fear, those things that are keeping us of lack of abundance, and press into God, and that keeps you in a place of not just me, but God with me. All right, so that was last week. We're going to continue on in the, um, in the book of Judges where we read this account of Gideon, chapter 6. And I think the first thing I want to talk about a little bit is desire to kind of set the stage a little bit for this message because it's important to understand where desire comes from. There's a scripture that talks about um, this in, in uh, Psalm 37, verse 4. It says, Delight yourself in the Lord, and he gives you the desires of the heart. So there's a clue to where desire comes from. Desire comes from the heart. So we've jumped right in already so quickly to say, well, where does desire come from? It comes from the heart. And he says, God gives you the desires of your heart, but I also want to say desire in itself, you can have godly desire or you can have fleshly desire, or I should say there's, there's the flesh and then there's the spirit. And the, the challenge with, with this is where we're going to set this up today is is there's a battle that goes on inside your heart, and there's a little war that's going on here, and this is a sword, if you want to try to pretend that for a little bit. Um, what do you call those swords, you know, where they used to have those things around your knuckles so you keep... What do you call it? It's a rapier. Okay, whatever that <laughs> word was he just said. It sounded a little... All right, but anyways, there's two swords. There's, there's a war that's going on in your heart because that war is, is you have your flesh who's going after one desire and the spirit has another desire. And we need to come to this place of understanding that if we don't work out that battle, you see, the, the one side is going to leave us with fear. It's going to leave us with lack it's going to leave us depressed. It will continue to rob from us. And, and there will be signs of, you know, lust of the flesh. Well, there will just all kinds of things in there. But it always leaves us with lack and, and emptiness. But on the other side of this is, is the spirit, which gives you hope. It gives you peace. It gives you joy, 
There's love over here. But both of these things reside in the heart. They reside in the heart. And today what we're going to do is we're going to talk about that, that Gideon postured himself in three ways to allow this to kind of take more control than this. Because in the story, when we read yesterday, here's Gideon looking at his circumstance in the flesh with his natural eyes. He forgot to look at God's perspective and it left him with fear and lack. He's, he's in the wine press trying to eke out a little bit of grain. And I can imagine all the other things that are going around Gideon's life. I also know one thing, and we're going to read this. His self-worth was also very low. I guarantee you live, you live by the flesh, your self-worth will not be very good. Because it usually leads us into bad places when we make poor choices that leave us empty and not feeling great about ourselves. So let's pick up this, this account, and I'm going to, let's read this together. Um, it's Judges chapter 6, it should be on the screen. Judges chapter 6, and we're going to pick up in verse 16 where we left off from last week. Remember, he has an encounter with the angel of the Lord who basically says, what are you doing in there? And did I not have a better plan for you? Verse 16, And the Lord said to him, But I will be with you, and you shall strike the Midianites as one man. So he starts to reshape his, his, uh, his perspective. And he said to him, If now I have found favor in your eyes, then show me a sign that it is you who speak with me. Please do not depart from me here until I come to you and bring out my present and set it before you. And he said, I will stay until you return. I want to jump up verse 15 for a second where it says, And he said to him, Please, Lord, how can I save Israel? That makes me want to do that English accent. Please, Lord, how may I save Israel? I don't know why it wants to beg me to do that, but... It says, Behold, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. See, his self-worth is horrible at this point. He's hiding in a wine press. His self-worth is down. He's functioning with lack. And I guarantee it's because he's functioning out of the flesh. He took his natural circumstance, and it became his reality as opposed to looking at God's perspective, which required faith. Faith. You know what living by faith is? It's realizing that there's no plan B. We live our lives so much like, well, what if it doesn't? I need to, I need to prepare for plan B. Get rid of plan B. There's plan A, which is you and God doing some amazing things together. <laughs> That's plan A. <laughs> but our fear is like, well, but, but, what if, but, but, I mean, I better take a plan B just in case. All right, let's keep reading here. Now we're on verse 19. So really he's saying, okay, he's, he's had this encounter with the angel of the Lord, and, and he's basically saying, oh my word, I better do something nice for this guy because he's like a, a holy being here. And so, so Gideon went to his house and prepared a young goat 
and unleavened cakes from an ephah of flour. Now, an ephah of flour is, just to give you some, some concept, it's 22 liters. It actually equates to about five gallons, if you were to put flour in gallon jars. I'm just trying to help you gain some perspective. And it's about, tw- each gallon is about five pounds. So it's about 25 pounds of flour that Gideon is now preparing for flat cakes for this angel. Now, I want you to understand something here. He started by trying to eke out enough grain for his family, I'm assuming, or for his his own self, or for his clan, and yet he's now taking 25 pounds of flour and putting them together for cakes for this guy, and he's taking a young goat making stew. Remember, the Midianites came through and they destroy their crops, destroy their, li- their, um, their livestock. So the few things that he has, he's now preparing for this angel. It's important, so just keep that thought in mind. The meat he put in a basket and the, and the broth he put in a pot and brought them to him under the terebinth and presented that to him. The terebinth is kind of like a cashew tree. Um, actually, the interesting thing is the original where you got turpentine from was actually from the terebinth tree. Just as a little side factoid there. And the angel of the Lord said to him, Take the meat and the unleavened cake and put them on this rock. And pour the broth over them, and so he did. I, I could just imagine he's prepared this great meal for this guy. I'm going to really look after my guest here, treat him really special. And the angel of the Lord says, okay, dump it on a rock. And he just like dumps it out. I would be like, what are you doing? <laughs> but he does. And they poured the broth over them and he did. And, and the angel of the Lord reached out the tip of his staff that was in his hand and he touched the meat and the unleavened cakes and fire sprang up from the rock and consumed the meat and the unleavened cakes and the angel of the Lord vanished from his sight. Then Gideon perceived that he was an angel of the Lord and Gideon said, Alas, O Lord God, for now I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face But the Lord said to him, peace be with you. Peace be with you. Do not fear. You shall not die. Then Gideon built an altar there to the Lord and called it, the Lord is peace. To this day it still stands in Ophrah, which belongs to the Abizarites. All right, so, so some interesting things that take place here. Gideon. Gideon begins to understand the three ways that he can move from the flesh to the spirit are he understands that he has to give him his present, give his future, and give his worship. You'll see a slide about that. Give his present, give his future, and give his worship. 
So our heart changes. So remember, we've got to understand where desire comes from. Desire. Sorry that I'm left-handed, so I'll step over here. On my back, sorry. Desire comes from the heart. There's a battle that's going on in your heart. It's either feeding your flesh or feeding your spirit. And he's saying, if you want to find these places of peace, of hope, of joy, and you want to start conquering the places of fear, of lack, and now we'll put over here abundance. Is that A-N-C-E or E-N-C-E? Abundance. How come somebody said E over here and somebody says A over here? You have the same problem I do. All right. Anyways, if I put an A and an E, then we're all happy, right? There we go. We're good. So here's the thing. He's a teacher. I'll follow what he says. All right. A. All right. So here's the the issue. He's saying, if you give God your present, which means this, he had to step out of the wine press, he had to press into God, and then he had to say, I need to do with what God is asking of me to do. You see, he acknowledged he encountered the Spirit of the Lord. He encountered something he hadn't encountered. And he had to respond to that encounter. Today, we had an encounter. We worship God. And, and I looked around the room. People's eyes were closed. And God's speaking to you. And we need to give him our present circumstance. Some of you came to these altars and, and said, I needed healing. You're giving that present thing to God and you're responding. It takes a physical response. You need to move the direction that he's calling you to. It takes your present, but it takes your future. And, and you've got to give him your future. And here's what I'm saying about the future. What did Gideon give up that he was really probably counting on for his future? He gave up a pretty significant amount of flour. Here he is trying to eke out a living by the little bit of grain that he has. He's threshing it in the wine press. And now, because of his encounter, he has to put his trust in God to say, you know what? I can't rely on myself anymore. Because when you rely on yourself, it keeps you in fear and lack, depressed and lacking self-worth. And he starts to say, I've got to give my present. I've got to respond to God. I, got, I need to give him my future, which means I need to start posturing myself in a place of self-reliance. Not relying on yourself, self-reliance on God. I wonder if that's why he asks us to invest in the kingdom of God through tithes and offerings of our local church. I wonder if because part of it, yes, it's the way that the, the mission of God continues on by funding the mission of the kingdom development through the local body, but I also wonder if God who designed us knew the importance of putting our trust in him. I tell, when I talk to people about why they don't give, they say, well, I don't have enough. Bingo! 
That's why you need to give. <laughs> because you, if you are only posturing yourselves in a place of self-reliance, relying on yourself and not relying on God, God cannot pour his blessing in your life because you have, are living like this, closed-fisted to God's abundance in your life. And fear will keep you in a small little wine press. I'll tell you, the wine press is comfortable. You can control that pretty well. But it leaves you with lack. And what I'm trying to encourage us today, church, is to understand 2017, it's going to be a year of abundance for us. But for us to receive the abundance, we need to posture ourselves of understanding where desire comes from. Because he wants to give us the desires of our heart, but we have to be desiring the right things. And the right things are this. And here's the abundance I'm talking about. I think sometimes people think the abundance, we were talking about it in our life group actually this past week, that we were going through and we we're saying, the, one of the questions we asked, what does abundance look like for you? And I think so many times people go to material things, but actually the abundance we ended up coming with to saying what we really, really want and really are looking for is that abundance of joy. It's that abundance of peace, of the abundance of love flowing out of our lives. Because interestingly enough, when you have those things, guess what? The material things just seem to work themselves out. All right, so he gave him his present, he gave him his future, and he gave him his future by posturing himself. He gave him a young goat, pretty viable for when you're of, of lack. He's giving away his best stuff. He's giving his flower. He's basically saying, I'm trusting you, God, with my future. My question for you is, what do you need to do to trust God with your future? That's between you and God, but ask the question. And then the interesting thing, he, he, he turned from going from, I'm trusting you with my present, trusting you with my future, and then he says, I, I am now going to worship you. So what happens is when, when the angel of the Lord took a staff and it consumed all the, really, the offering, then Gideon built an altar there. When you build an altar, altar in the Old Testament is you needed to, it was really typically out of stones. You couldn't put man-made tools on the stones. There's just supposed to be stones that you can find and build as large of an altar as you can to, to signify that you had an encounter with God. And it's a form of worship. And, and this is what Gideon did. He built an altar and he turned his focus off of himself and he put his focus on the Lord. That's what worship does. It takes the eyes off of us and puts it on the Lord. So you understand that's why when you're functioning on the flesh, it's always looking about how do I self-reliance, self-desire, you know, how do I get things for myself? But the Spirit 
Put your eyes on the things that flow out of us. But it starts by looking in the right direction. I think that's why this prayer and fasting time for us has been, I've already seen miracles taking place during this time of prayer and fasting. I'm even sensing in my own life that God is doing some new things. But why? It's not because God's changing. It's I'm choosing to change my posture and my direction of attention. So I want to encourage us, church, that as we continue to move this direction that we begin to understand, if he's going to give us the desires of our heart, our heart has to change to be his desires line up with him. And when we line up our desires with his desires, it always leads to good things. And our lives will begin to prosper. So what, the three things that we said are, number one, you've got to give him your present. The next one, we're going to give him our... And then last, we're going to give him our... Worship, our present, our future, and our worship. But now we say our present is you need to respond to what God's saying. Two, our future, which means we need to posture ourselves in a way that forces us to trust him. Not forces, might be a wrong word, but postures to a level of trust. Ask God, how do I live my life in a posture of trust? It means means probably you're going to be in a place where you can't control everything. For all of you control people out there. And then give him your worship. And it's great to come to service and worship him, but what are you doing middle of the week to worship him? I'd encourage you, find some great worship music. Listen to it in your car or at home. Because it begins to feed your spirit and puts your attention on the things of God. All right, our heart changes when we give God our present, our future, and our worship. Now, as the worship team begins to come up here, I, I want to say that, that there's a scripture in John chapter 15. If you have your Bibles, turn there. It's a great one to underline in your Bible. John chapter 15. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, 1515. It's an easy one to remember. It's two 15s. No longer do I call you servants. For the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. For all that I have from my father, I have made known to you. Remember we said this year that that God was going to grow us. G-R-O-W. God revealing opportunities to wow us. And really that, those wow things is when we begin to align our hearts like Jesus did. Jesus says, I only do what I see the Father in heaven doing. But if we are living according to the flesh and we are bound by fear, we find ourselves depressed and we're chasing after the lusts of the world and 
Our self-worth is down. We are actually a slave to fear. We're actually a slave to those things that will rob from us. And that's what a slave does. That they're in bondage to the things that are controlling them. Instead, Jesus says, though, would you live by the Spirit of God? Allow the Holy Spirit to come in and flood you with fresh and new things. And then what he does, he says, you're no longer a slave to fear, but I call you a friend because friends share things together. Friends spend time together and, and friends talk about intimate things. And Jesus is saying, the Father in heaven is no longer going to keep his heart hidden from you and his desires for your life hidden from you. He's saying, now that you're a friend of mine, we're going to spend time together and I'm going to share things with you. Share things of your life. Share things of how I'm going to prosper you. Share things of of the great things that he has in store for you. calls us a friend. John 15, 15. I love this next one, 16. It says, you did not choose me. These are Jesus' words. Think about this for a moment. You think that you did. <laughs> I made it. I, I prayed to Jesus. I chose him. You did. But guess what? He chose you first. Doesn't that warm your heart? Jesus chose you. You're sitting here today because he chose you. He loves you and and he wants to share intimate things with you. He wants to give you the desires of your heart, but he, he wants you to overcome the battle that rages in your heart. And the way we do that is by giving him our present, by giving him our future and giving him our worship. That begins to change our heart. And next week when we talk about Gideon and how he moves from this posture of being in a wine press to this encounter that he has with the angel of the Lord, it reorients his heart and his mind. And then we're going to read about what it is that he begins to start to do to then have the courage to overcome the big giants, the enemy, like the Midianites. And how God speaks to him these, these things of great wisdom. You see, I think sometimes we get in life and we see the obstacles and it's like, oh my word, the miracle is going to take. But actually, sometimes it just takes a spirit of wisdom and then God gives you the key to know how to overcome. That's what he did with Gideon. So that's what we're going to do next week. But I want us to journey along together in this way overcome fear get out of the wine press a lot of you did that yesterday by responding to the Lord then you press in to give him your present your future and your worship allow your heart to begin to change then come to a place 
of realizing that you're a friend of God, that he wants to spend time with you and find time this week to spend time with him, to spend time with him. Let's pray. Father, you are such a good father to us. You call us a friend, call us sons and daughters. Father, I pray for the war that rages in our heart of the desires where the flesh sometimes goes after the things of the world, but it leaves us with lack. It leaves us hopeless. It leaves us with our self-worth down. But instead, God, I pray right now that there would be a fresh wind of your spirit that would flow in this place, that we would have new revelation of who you are, that we would have a greater desire to pursue the things of you. That, Father, we would build the things of our, of our spirit and put to death the things of the flesh. Because the things of the spirit, God, are the ones that give us joy, that give us peace, that gives us true love, gives us contentment, gives us that feeling of abundance in our lives. So, Father, we pray that we would keep pursuing you. In the name of Jesus, amen. Well, as we worship, I do know it's just a few minutes after the hour. If you need to scoot out, please scoot out. Um, and uh, thank you so much for being here. If you want to linger in worship, um, we want to make this time available for you. If you'd like some ministry, um, we have a prayer team and our elders would love to pray for you. So actually, can I just have the our, our prayer team up here, up front, um, right now, just so you know who they are. So if you need some ministry, you go to them. Um, but if you want to just spend some, some quiet time before the Lord, um, that's fine too. And just come and, and make this an altar, make it a sanctuary. There's something significant about an altar. Gideon did that. It's, it's when he said, I made, had an encounter with God, and I'm going to make this a special place. If you need to make this a special place, you can come here and do that. Love you guys. Thank you so much for being here today. Be here next week. We continue on this journey. Um, if you are here from our Manchester location, um, we do have a meeting directly following the service in the conference room. So make sure you stay for that. All right, guys, love you so much. Have an amazing week. Let's worship if you want to worship. If you need to be dismissed, you can go. Thank you for listening to the Grace Capital Church podcast. If you'd like to know more about this podcast and the mission that we have in New England, or if this podcast has been a blessing to you and you would like to support this ministry financially, please visit us online at gccnh.com. 